as I end this series, man, I have a really good series next month. Woo! Man, it's making me sweat already. Amen? <clears throat> um, but I'm going to ask you this question. Don't want an answer. Don't lift your hand because I'm going to ask you a couple things. But um, how many of you this week, listen, we're all in the same boat. We all have different things that we deal with. But when you come here, we're, we're challenging you to, to make changes and, and, and be the difference in life. God created us to be the difference. But we're challenging you to make changes in your own life to become better. Because as you change and you develop character and integrity in your life, you're in a greater position to be on the receiving end of what God's saying to you. You can hear God better. You can, it, it becomes more clear to you. There's like, it's kind of like, a, you, like radio, you know, and, and you're tuning a radio station. Um, you know, like I'm using the knob. Okay, you can tell where I came from. I'm using a knob, like tuning, you know. <laughs> There's no such thing as a knob. Well, every once in a while you'll find a knob on something. But, but you're tuning that to try to connect with the frequency. God wants you and I tuning in to His voice. And when you have things of the flesh that are distracting you, it's hard to tune. So that's why when you come here, you're not going to hear things other places that you're going to hear here because we have your best interest at heart. We want to see you be molded and changed into who God created you to be. Can you say amen to that? So I'm going to ask you this question. How many of you this week, you found yourself with your mouth putting words on any individual that was created in the image of God? It's a question that I don't want an answer. I don't want a hands. I don't want an answer. I want you to think about it for yourself. Don't be thinking, well, I hope she's listening or I hope he's listening. You know, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. You specifically. Anything come out of your mouth that you put on anybody else that was created in the image of God? And the second question, any of those people that you put your mouth on, do you view them as the enemy in your life? Again, I don't want an answer. I just want you to think about it. Um, I, didn't, I didn't give you this scripture, so I'm just reading it. You, you can go look at it. It's in Ephesians 6 and verse, um, uh, starting with verse 10. <clears throat> and I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation, Ephesians 6.10, in the New Living. It says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of who? The devil, right? Who is, who is he? We've read in, the, in this series that in 1 Peter, your adversary, who is Satan, who is the devil, is against you. He's against you. Now watch what the rest of this says. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. But we're fighting against three things. We're fighting against 
evil rulers and authorities of the unseen realm, against mighty powers in this dark world, and we're fighting against evil spirits in the heavenly places, not against your neighbor, your spouse, your parent, your child, you're this, you're that. That's not your fight. And I'm challenging you today as we go into this message, this last message on that God is for you, to realize that where you put your mouth is where your heart is. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, wherever your mouth is being directed is where your heart is. And God's real clear about this about seven times in Scripture that He doesn't like you and I putting our mouths on each other because we're all His kids and we were all created in His image. So He wants some soulish mental adjustment and changes to be made day to day so that we get our mouths off of each other and get our mouths where they need to be and that's against your adversary. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Son of God was manifested for one reason, to destroy every work of the devil. The devil is defeated, Jesus is Lord, and I'm connected to him. Whatever he says and whatever he does and whoever he is, Jesus, that's where I am. I'm not messing with anything else. People are not my enemy. And I'll just tell you this. <clears throat> this, is, this part's just free. This doesn't have anything to do with my message. No, it does. It has a lot to do with it. But I'm just adding this. Um, in the world, there's many different types of spirits that he's talking about here. That, that These are our enemies. And one of those spirits is a Jezebel spirit. People don't believe that or understand that. They, they've heard, a lot of people have heard of that name in the Old Testament. But in the book of Revelation, when John, the, the apostle John, had a revelation from God about things that would happen in the churches, one of those churches mentioned in the book of Revelation, God had something against him because they tolerated the spirit of Jezebel. They tolerated that spirit. Now remember, most people think that a Jezebel is a woman. Well, she was a woman in the Bible, but it's a spirit, so it, it, it's not connected to gender. Jezebel will operate through women or men, either kind, even, even along with many other different types of spirits that are in the world, they operate that way. But there's two things that we see real clear in Scripture that that Jezebel spirit brings. It brings fear and discouragement. Two things that were not created to be a part of your life. God did not create you to be in fear of anything or anybody. And He never created you to be discouraged with where you're at today. No matter where you and I are at today, God is on the throne, and as we stay connected to Him as we're talking right now, as we realize day to day 
that our enemy is not people, our enemy is the enemy, right? And the enemy is who? Our adversary, the devil, who prowls about like a roaring lion. And who is he seeking? He's looking for people that don't understand that God is for them. And I'm telling you today, God is for you, and he is not against you. The devil's against you. God is for you, and people are not against you. Even, when, even though it looks like people might be against they're not against you. People that appear to be against you, they're just operating in understanding that is not of God. And that just means they need their minds clear that they were created in the image of God just like you were. And the difference should be that I'm making supernatural changes and I'm doing things as God would do because of the Spirit of God in me. I shouldn't be acting like the rest of the world. The rest of the world that has no Spirit of God on the inside of them, they're acting like the God of this world, the devil, their father. See, until you get born again and start making changes on the inside, that's who you'll be. Now, I'm saying all this today to say this. You've got to settle it on the inside of you that your life from today on, because God is for you, is bright. And your best days are here right now and before you. Your best days. You've got to begin to believe that and not let circumstances or people talk you out of it. If you lived on a deserted island somewhere and there were no people, you wouldn't deal with this stuff. I mean, you may get a little stressed with the birds or some kind of animals or whatever, you know, but for the most part, they're not talking back to you and they're not giving you grief and, and smack and all kinds of stuff that's going on. And so as a result of that, you know, you wouldn't deal with this. But the issue is people. And the days of you being intimidated and cowing down to people and especially people that operate in demonic spirits, those days are over with. There's a way, there's a plan, there's a way to get out of things. And you don't have to step out of authority, you don't have to step out of certain way. God will show you how not to submit and succumb to demonic spirits that want to control your life and give them no place. Because I'm telling you today, you are who he says you are and you've got to settle that. What we're going to look at, just in a few scriptures today, we're going to go back and look at a couple things that we talked about last week in God the Father. And I mentioned to you in our Father's Day message how vital it is that you see God as Father. But I want to look at a couple other verses of Scripture, and I want to start right at the beginning. So we'll just, have, we'll just look at different Scriptures in all 66 books of the Bible today. No, I'm not. <clears throat> so in, um, in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, who? God. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. He's in the beginning, he's in the middle, he's at the end, he's right here today. In the beginning, God. Okay, so in the beginning, it was God. And the word God is defined in the Hebrew as Elohim. That word Elohim means supreme. He's the top. He's it. There's nothing higher than Him. He is the one. Amen? There's no greater than Him. 
in this passage here we see that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So we see God, the Supreme, we see who is the Father, and God, the Holy Spirit, we see the Spirit of God was hovering, and then in verse 3 we see, then God said, let there be light. In the beginning was the Father, and the Spirit, and the Word. We see all three of them right there, right? They were in the beginning. Can you say amen? So, a couple of things I want us to look at today is, in heaven there's Father, and there's Word or Son, and there's Holy Spirit. But to really know God as Father, you have to realize the other parts of Him, which they're not necessarily parts of Him, they are Him. It's not like the Son is a part, He's as much as, of God as the Father is, and the Holy Spirit is as much of God as the Father is, but they have different administrations. And He's revealed to us, and we're not going to look at all that today, but He's revealed to us the way to Him is understanding what Jesus Christ accomplished for you, and the only way you can do that is to know the voice of the Spirit, Holy Spirit inside of you. If you're born again, Holy Spirit's in there, and you need to be able to activate that voice because He is only speaking the words of the Father. Now, He was in the beginning, and He's in, in between, and He's everything to you and I. Now, I want to look at a verse in way towards the end of the Bible, in 1 John 5, uh, starting with verse uh, 7. <clears throat> Actually, let's look at verse 6. Don't, don't, don't turn it back there, but I'm going to read verse 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Everybody say, whatever. Everybody say, I'm a whatever. Okay? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That's, that's, God set it up that way. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith in the fact that He set it up that way. So, so see, I have to know He's for me and, and not believe that things that appear to be against me are Him because they're not Him. God's not mad at you because of mistakes you made in anything that you've done in life. Not anything. I don't care what you've done, you've, you've done in life. He is not mad at you. He forgives you and He wants you to forgive yourself. He wants you to come to Him for forgiveness and deliverance because He created you to overcome every situation. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, verse 6, look at this. This is he, Jesus, who came by water and blood. Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. Who are they? Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. There's no dividing. And there are three, like there is in heaven, that bear witness on the earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Everybody say, on earth. 
Okay? There are three things on earth that agree on earth like it is in heaven. Who is it? It's the Spirit, it's the water, and it's the blood. Now, just a little bit of explanation regarding what this verse of Scripture means. Actually, um, give, me the, give me that from verse 7, verse 7 and 8 right there. Give me that in the Amplified, if you would, please. <clears throat> so there are three witnesses in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these, these three are one. Verse 8. And there are three witnesses on the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree. They're in unison, and their testimony coincides. They agree, and they all testify together. Now, this is what operates on earth, and who's on earth? We are. We're here. You're here today. So you and I have got to understand the Spirit the water, and the blood, the same way that we understand, in a greater way, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Now, just for explanation's sake, because I want to take this, I've got a couple other verses of Scripture, and then I'm going to end with applying this day to day in the things that we are faced with. I mentioned to you earlier, This week, have you put your mouth on people that have been created in the image of God? Have you put your mouth this week on people in ways that you should not have done that? Well, it's a challenge. Nobody knows. Everybody just look forward. You know, nobody's looking at you thinking they're talking to you or talking about, like I'm talking about you. I'm not even thinking about any of you. You understand? Just look straight. Just look at me. You, you, You understand? Because God's not in... God's not about exposing our dirty laundry about stuff. He's about helping us to overcome. And I'm giving you a couple things and some information today that will help you to overcome if you will embrace it. My human spirit was created before the foundation of the world. Your human spirit was created before the foundation of the world because we were created in the image of God. God is not flesh, right? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, but God isn't flesh, He's spirit. He created flesh, but He's not flesh, He's spirit. We were created, according to Genesis 1, we were created in His image. So the spirit that He's talking about there is my human spirit. Now, He's talking about the Holy Spirit because of the three that bear witness in heaven. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, but what what works on the earth is my human spirit and the Holy Spirit being one. I'm one with the Holy Spirit. The water here has a twofold meaning. The water in this passage of Scripture has twofold. Number one, it talks about the water of the womb of Mary. And the second is, it's the water of the baptism of Jesus. Because the water of the womb of Mary is your and my ticket to overcoming and living on top and living all of eternity in the presence of God. The water of the womb of Mary liberated all of mankind. When she conceived, 
by the Holy Spirit. She conceived inside of her just like any other woman. It took nine months, somewhere around nine months for him to be born, same way. And that water represented the water of every human being that has ever been born and ever will be born, that when you come into this world through the womb of a woman, you have the ability and the strength and the power to overcome any obstacle or anything that you will ever face in life. And God already set it up for the Spirit and the water and then the baptism of Jesus Christ, leaving everything in the past and rising up in the newness of life and realizing I have power to overcome disobedience and sin in every area of my life, right? And the water and the Spirit The Spirit reveals what? The blood. What did the blood accomplish? The blood of Jesus liberated you and I, set us free. By His stripes, I am healed. By His wounds and afflictions, my sins are forgiven, and the blood that was shed has liberated all of mankind. Listen to me. The Spirit and the water and the blood are in unison. They're in agreement. And every day that you walk on on planet Earth, every breath that you breathe, those three things are in unity and oneness. Every breath that you breathe, everything that you do every day, that's why God doesn't want words of your mouth coming out of your mouth and putting those words on other people. God wants you to begin to hear Him. And if you don't have anything good to say about people, you keep it to yourself and not just let it fester on the inside of you, but you work it out. You know, one of the the good things that you and I have to have, one of the things that we have to have is somebody, and if you're married, your go-to person is your spouse. I need to be able to talk to my wife about something that's frustrating me, but if I use my talking with my wife to put my mouth on other people in a, in, a, in a destructive way, then that conversation will not be anointed. If I have something that I'm frustrated about, about what someone else has done, I've got to be able to bring that to them. If you're, if you're not married, you don't have a spouse, but you have, say, a family member that's close with you, I would use that. You, you have this church. You have me as your pastor. You have things that you need to work through and uh, other people in leadership in this body that will help you work through those things if you're not married. But I'm telling you today, if you're married, your spouse is your go-to person, not 14 other people that you want to say, you know, I just need to talk this thing through, but actually you're gossiping and putting your mouth on other people. It's destructive. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I love you enough to tell you something like this. You know, some people may think, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to hear things like that again. Well, go somewhere else because, you know, I, I can't not share things like this because you need to hear it. You, you understand what I'm saying? You need to hear it and get free in your life. I mean, I, I, I didn't ask you to raise your hand. Nobody's going to know what you've done or anything else. That's between you and God. And I promise you, don't divulge information to people that can't handle it. You find yourself in an ugly place. Anyway, glory to Jesus. Amen. So, understanding those three things, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Father, Word, and Holy Spirit in heaven, man, they're in agreement. There's no battling. They're not battling for position. Well, you know, Word acts like he's better than me. Come on, they're not doing that. But you know who's doing that? Down here. Yeah. But we we have the Spirit, 
the water and the word that are in unison like Father, Word, and Holy Ghost. And they empower us to make sure to make those changes on a day-to-day basis. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Amen? <clears throat> so, so remember this. I'm going to read this one verse and then we're going, to, we're going to end in Romans 8 today. But I'm going to read this verse first. In uh, Psalm 56 and verse 9, we've read this just about, I think we've read it every service that we've preached on this. But um, Psalm 56 and verse 9. When I cry out to you, in other words, when I seek you, when I, when I go before you. You know, the Bible says, those who seek him will find him if you continue to seek after him. Is that not right? When I cry out to you, then my enemies are turned back. This I know. This I know because God is for me. Notice, uh, he's not speaking for someone else. He's speaking for himself. This I know. The enemy is turned back in my life because God is for me. Now, 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 in relation to what we're saying today, when you know this, that's why you don't have to put your mouth on other people. Probably a half a dozen times in, in my 40-plus years of salvation, I've been challenged to, take, to, to be on a, on a word diet uh, where, where I'm, I've, for 30 days, I've watched every word that's come out of my mouth, and every time I say something negative, I write it down. I've done that a half a dozen times. And each time that I did that and I challenged myself that way, I started it out thinking, well, there probably won't be very many words that I write down. And each and every time, there were more than I thought. Each time it was better, each time. But I just, I'm just telling you, the more you develop that, I, I challenge you, go on a 30-day fast of your words. And every time you say something that you're, you know is wrong, write it down. doesn't mean you're going to necessarily fix it instantaneous and never do it again kind of thing. No, it doesn't work that way. Write it down and go before God. Lord, why, what is it? These are the questions I have to ask myself. God, why am I so bothered by that person? What is it that they're doing that's causing me? And most of the time, the Lord said, you're in fear of that person. You're in fear of somewhere, you know, fear isn't like they're going to hurt you necessarily, but some people are intimidated and in fear of people because uh, they think they're going to do something that's going to cause them to be unsuccessful, they're going to do something that, you know, is going to affect maybe another relationship with somebody there, but in, in a lot of different ways. There's the fear of failure, there's the, the fear of abandonment that people have, there's a, there's, there's uh, Fears of, of, of intimidation with people. There's the fear of lack that can come, that, you, that can flow through other people and how they intimidate our lives. All types of fears that want to try to control us. And I'm telling you today, we're going to give those things no place. Can you say amen? We give the devil no place and opportunity to work and operate in our lives, right? So he says here, when I cry to you, then my enemies, when I'm turned towards you, when I'm looking to you, when I'm looking at you and not other things, then my enemies are turned back. This I know because when I'm turned towards you and I'm crying out to you, I know you're for me. When my meditation is on the things of God and not meditating on what other people have done to me, when my meditation is on God, I know He's for me. And if God be for me, nobody can be against me. Amen? Interesting. 
that's where we're going. <clears throat> Romans 8 and verse 31. So everything that we've talked about right now, you're going to see in these few verses of Scripture. And we're just going to expound on this a little bit. <clears throat> I'm going to read all the way to the end. And in verse uh, 38 and 9, I, I, I'm going to, verse 38 and 9, when I get there, I'm going to want the message and the New Living Translation on that. I, I didn't give that to you. <clears throat> I'll, I'll need both of those on verse 38 and 9 when I get there, okay? Um, what should we say then, verse 31, to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now watch. Watch everything that we just talked about. Watch this. Remember, we're talking about God supreme, but we're talking about God supreme, the one on top who is that Father. There's Father, Word, and Spirit. But God the Father is for us. And if He's for us, who can be against us? And I've said this to you time and time again. If God is for you, it doesn't mean that nobody's against you. It means that I don't care who's against you in whatever way, they will not succeed in their maneuvers against you when you know God is for you. That means you have to seek God, you have to develop your relationship with God, but when you know God is for you, nobody, no devil, demon of hell operating through anybody can succeed against you. That's why you don't have to be against people. That's why you can pray for people. That's why your words can be blessing and speaking things over people. You don't have to like what people do. Did you hear what I said? You don't have to like what they do, but you don't have to be against them because, listen to me, what the enemy's after is getting you to sow ugly, rotten seed. And if the devil's got you right here and he's controlling what's coming out of your mouth because you're moved by what other people are doing, then all you're doing is sowing bad seed that's going to do what? Every seed sown produces after its own kind. It will produce a harvest. You and I don't want to receive harvest of bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, resentment, jealousy, those kind of... We don't want to sow those over other people and put our mouths on other people and reap the harvest of that mess. Because then you don't have any good thing to tell other people how good God is. When you're constantly battling other people's issues and the things that they're dealing with and going through or what they're doing, uh, appearing to, to be what they're doing to you, you're, you're in, in a battle that you were not created to be in. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Those demonic forces are what your enemy is. And they're alive and they're well. The devil's defeated, but he operates through deception to get you to believe that God really isn't for you and he really can't do what his word says he can do. That's his whole, that's his whole deal. If you shut that down, he's got nothing on you. <clears throat> so watch this. He who did not spare his own what? Son. Who's that? God? Or is that the Father? He. The He. He who did not spare His Son. Who's the He? It's the Father because He's talking about His Son. Now, some people say, well, you know, Elohim is, is not necessarily God the Father. He's, you know, this, that, or the other. 
Elohim is, he's the everything. Not only is he the father, he's the mother. He's the everything. But he's the father. In this situation, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us. Everybody say me. He delivered me. He delivered me. He delivered me. He set me free. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Will he not do that for us? Everybody say things. So what are things? Things. Yeah. Somebody yell out a thing. Car. Okay. He'll give you all things. Somebody else. Family. He'll give you family. Somebody else. Wisdom. He'll give you wisdom. Somebody else. Riches. He'll give you things. Things. He'll give you all things. We don't have to stress over things. He'll give you all things because of what he did. But you have to believe he's for you and he's done these things for you. Otherwise, you think you're fighting an uphill battle that it seems like it's never, you're never going to get there. You, you know what I really believe? If you and I will work out on a day-to-day basis what we do with our mouths, everything else will work out. No, no watch what I'm saying. Just because you change what you say with your mouth doesn't mean the next day something's going to pop up that you're believing God for. You know what will happen? A lot of times there's practical things that you and I need to do to receive the things that we're believing for. But most of the time, because people are focused on the wrong things, they're distracted in what they need to be doing. They're distracted in what their efforts need to be to be on the receiving end of the thing that they're believing God for. When you get these other things cleared up, then you think clearly and you'll find yourself doing what the Father wants instead of you trying to create a blessing. And if you don't think you're doing that, at times you're deceived. All of us do it at times. All of us work overtime with that. But the times we find ourselves working overtime trying to accomplish the blessing of God, it's because our time and effort, too much of it is spent on the wrong things. If I seek after Him, if I cry out to Him, if my focus is on Him, then the enemy that is against me is defeated. This I know because I know God's for me. That settles the whole thing that we're talking about right here. Can you say amen to that? Watch his next comments. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Now, I want to read from verse 33 for the next few verses. I want to read in the Amplified, if you'd give me that, please, from verse, starting with verse 33. <clears throat> Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? When it is God who justifies, that is, who puts us in right relationship to himself, who shall come forward and accuse or impeach those whom God has chosen? Will God, who acquits us? Now, 
couple of questions that are asked here in, the, in, in, in this verse. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? That's a, there, there's a question there. Is God bringing a charge against you? There's a question there that needs an answer. I'm asking you, is God accusing you of anything? No, because God, now some of you are, may not answer just because you don't want to answer right here, but some of you maybe aren't answering because you're not sure about that. But see, what bears witness in the earth is the Spirit and the water and the blood. And when God looks at you and your life, He sees you through the blood. Amen? And the blood's forgiven you and liberated you. And he sets you free. So the answer to that question is, is God bringing an accusation against you? Absolutely not. So if you bring accusation or you put words on people created in God's image, it's the enemy operating through your mind or through circumstances and using you to bring an accusation or a curse against somebody created in the image of God. Did you hear me? I know this sounds a little bit intense this morning, but I'm telling you, God's about you and I being liberated and free. Amen? I mean, truly free and liberated. It's not God doing it. That's where we've got to get our minds clear. Now watch this. I'm going to finish these few verses of Scripture here. Verse 34. Who is is there to condemn us? Will Christ Jesus, the Messiah, who died, or rather who was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God actually pleading as He intercedes on our behalf, is, is, he, is He bringing an accusation or condemning you? Absolutely not. So wherever there's condemnation and you're in my life, it's the access of the enemy that God wants you to shut down. He's given you all of heaven to shut those accusations down. I don't care what's happened in your life. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what things appear to be. At the end of the day, it's what God says and what God says only that matters. And when you and I come to that place where that's all that matters, then we live on top. There'll never be another issue in your life that you cannot overcome. I didn't say issues won't come. But there'll never be a time in your life when you can't overcome. There may be an initial response. There may be an attack against your mind. But you'll get through that because you know God is for you. See? And then the people that maybe there's a person involved or something's happened or some situation's arisen. But it's not the people. They're not the enemy. They're not the enemy. They're not the enemy. Amen? And, and you can live and move on and live in the fullness and the peace of God, and you can still love people in spite of their actions. Can you say amen? amen. Verse 35, who shall separate us from Christ's love? Shall suffering and affliction and tribulation or calamity and distress or persecution or hunger or destitution or peril's sword, even as it is written, verse 36, For thy sake we are put to death all the day long. We are regarded and counted as sheep for the slaughter. That's a a word from Psalm 44.22, as it says right there in the Old Testament. Uh, A a prophecy of the future that we would would appear to be like that. And, and, And there's times when you feel like that. There's times when it seemed like you've just been left for dead and run over or circumstances are trying to get the best of you or all those things. Has anybody ever felt like that? 
Okay, like things are getting the best of you. Yeah, it was prophesied that it would be like that. But, but God. Watch these next verses. Come on. Watch these next verses right here. Your name is written right here. 37, 38, and 39. Yet, yet, amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through Him who loved us. Through all these things. So you can put in there any and everything that wasn't even mentioned right there that could be overtaking your life or coming at your life, but in all these things, we're more than conquerors. It was prophesied, you'd go through these things, you'd have feelings like that, you'd have feelings like you're being overtaken, feelings like, man, you've just been knocked down, there's no way out of this situation. You would have those feelings, but He loved us. And the Spirit and the water and the Word are in agreement, it's already set up, my power is already, um, uh, my, my power ability is already set up. All I have to do is connect to it. I get born again, I connect to it. Then I have to develop it through the renewing of my mind and embracing the truths. Like you're hearing a truth today. If you don't do anything with this, it won't work for you. If you don't do anything with this, if you don't go back and listen to it, you can always, as I tell you, you can always go to gatesofthecity.org and and download, go to the podcast and download these messages. They're all there from I don't know when. But you, like this message right here, you can go and take it and listen to it and meditate on it. Spend time on the messages and what it is that you're hearing and do something with it. I'm not giving this to you because I just drug some message out of the hat. It's what God wanted me ministering to you today. God is for you and He's not against you. And people are not your problem. Can you say amen? Verse 38 and 9, and can you put the, uh, first put up the New Living Translation there on verse 38? <clears throat> Paul said, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate me from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Verse 39, no power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Everybody say revealed. It's revealed it's revealed in that revelation of the Spirit and the water and the blood becoming real to us. Those three are in agreement in the earth, and there lies my ability and my power to receive revelation of what Jesus Christ has accomplished for me so that none of those things day to day can separate me. None of them. None of them. I don't live my life putting my mouth onto the people. I don't live my life doing things that don't please God, my mouth is being directed towards where the real enemy is. Amen? The greater one is, a, is living on the inside of us. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us today, right? If God is for me, who can be against me? The answer to that is nobody if I really believe that God is for me. I know 
I know this every day. I know every single day that God has a plan before I open my eyes. Before I opened my eyes this morning, God had a plan for me. He had a plan for you. But listen to me. Before, way before you opened your eyes, the enemy had a plan for you, and he works overtime trying to accomplish that. And if I'm not seeking God day to day, if I'm not living, developing that revelation, having what Jesus did for me revealed to me, then the enemy wins because he's spirit. And when I'm not seeking God, I'm not in the spirit. I'm not connecting in the things of the spirit. So he wins. Spirit always wins over flesh, always. That's why so many people are beat up by the devil because they're not seeking God and doing the things that are vital and important that God wants done in their lives and have those things cleaned up. The day you got born again was not the day you got liberated from all the issues that you had. That was the first day of cleanup. Hmm? It's time to get the pooper scooper and let's clean up some of this mess. Can you say amen to that? I, you know what? Okay, everybody, you need to have a pooper scooper. You need to have it and know how to deliver it and get rid of it, right? You know, if you ever walk your dog and you clean up mess in somebody else's yard, you need to realize there's mess that you've created. You need to be cleaning it up. Okay, so what? Who hasn't had messes and made mistakes and done stuff that they shouldn't have done? Okay, let's clean it up. Let's get it right. Can you say amen?